Welcome to the Retail Tea Break. Each week, I'll be joined by industry experts, retailers, and product creators to decode the myths, share knowledge, and give you a better insight into the industry. My aim, as always, is to empower retailers and product creators to reach their potential. So, grab your cup of tea, sit back, relax, and listen in. My name is Melissa Moore, and this is the Retail Tea Break. Today, I am joined by someone I'm so excited to talk to someone that's written a book that if you've been on a webinar with me, if you've been a client, if we've just met, I've told you about this book. It is phenomenal. Today I am joined, and especially for those of you on YouTube, I've got the book here. I'm joined by Kelly Howie, author of Build Your Dream Network. Kelly, how are you? I am really well and so excited to be talking with you. Thank you so much for coming on the Retail Tea Break. So yeah, as I say, you know, I'm a huge fan of this book. It's worked for me on a business level. It's a book that I've gone back to again and again. And it's a book that I find myself constantly talking about over the last kind of year, 18 months to everyone. So I suppose before we get started, in the nature of all things tea, in the time it takes to boil a kettle, which is about two minutes Tell us a bit about you and a little bit about the book. Okay, so I started my career in Canada uh, as an attorney. And that's maybe contrary to what people think. That's actually where my sort of networking got a reset and how I thought about it. Because as a busy professional, I was expected to do the work, which I'm sure your listeners can relate to, but I was expected to build relationships. And those things were at attention. So I had to like resolve that tension because I wanted to succeed. So how could I do it differently? I never thought I did anything special with networking. I plotted along with my career, moved from new, from Toronto to New York, moved into management. And then at some point, the world, because of the way I was building relationships in an everyday showing up for your network kind of way, presented new opportunities. And finally in, let me think, 2015 I had this crazy idea that I wanted to write a book wrote the book in 2016 and it was published in 2017 in hardcover in 2018 in paperback so there's like kind of in a nutshell but I thought I was going to just have that up the corporate ladder kind of career uh until I didn't so there's like a little bit of a background New York has been home since 1998 so you'll get a little of the Canadian and a little of the New Yorker you know we'll see what see how the questions go I love that. And actually, I suppose that's so similar to my story. Everyone just presumes with the accent that I'm from London, I'm in London, and everyone in London goes, what are you doing in the West of Ireland? So no, I get that all the time. So I absolutely (laughs) understand that. When we talk about networking, and an awful lot of people listening might be thinking, Melissa, why on earth are we talking about networking? I thought you wanted to talk about the retail industry. But for me, this is vital. You know, leave aside the fact we've all been literally locked away for 18 months. When it comes to being a retailer or being a product maker, so a solopreneur or a small and medium-sized business, where on earth do you start with networking? Because I suppose to us, maybe it's an Irish thing, you think about the big hall and lots of people and it being very stuffy and a bit scary. Okay, so let's just ditch the old networking definition. Just flush it down the toilet. You know, like 
toss it out with the old tea bag at the end of this tea break, right? Like just get rid of it because that definition didn't serve us mm. and it didn't serve us pre-pandemic and as sure as heck didn't serve us during the pandemic and we don't need to resurrect it and carry it forward post-pandemic okay so first of all there's that because this idea of showing up for strangers and thinking that they're magically gonna you know sprinkle some retail fairy dust on you and everything's gonna be sunshine and roses we both know is it's just not the case networking is based on trust trust is built over time so that's why showing up for your network every single day. That's why realizing that little acts continuously will build the kind of trust. And this is where I think particularly for retailers where you start to think of like what's in your networking toolkit. And it's everything. It's, you know, the, the, the message if someone calls your shop or your establishment and they get a recording. Well, that's part of your networking arsenal because it's like, it's setting the, the, the groundwork. It's, it's like making the introduction or reinforcing a reputation. It's establishing that bond. You know, it's your invoice. Like say you send out invoices to people. It's remembering things, you know, in terms of someone comes to your shop every year to buy their mother something and you didn't see them this year. That's when you're like, hey, I wonder what's going on with them. Mm. You know, like, hey, I'll send them a little note saying, I usually see you this time of year and you haven't been in. And I'm concerned. Are you okay? That's the kind of stuff that established relationships. Rather than thinking we need to run out and schmooze and meet strangers, how are you taking care of the people who already know and love what you do? And how are you, I want to say, reinforcing that and thinking about every single touch point your customer has with you as part of your networking toolkit? And you know what, the way you describe it there, this isn't about going after the business people. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but this is actually reaching out to your real customers, to your friends, to your family. It's much softer than standing in a suit in the middle of the room and giving someone your business card. Right, right. Well, I also think when you're thinking about networking, you're going to, we always, it's like we run to the activity, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm like, let's put in the cart in front of the horse. You know, you got to think of what is the purpose? What's the goal? Why am I undertaking this activity? If you're thinking about, oh, I need to go out and network, so to speak. Okay. So when you're making selections with your very valuable time, I think you need to understand why you need it, why you need to be in front of that audience. There are times you need to be in front of your colleagues. Maybe there are some... I don't know, new regulatory changes. Maybe there is going to be some, you know, business development days or community days that we can collaborate with. Maybe there's some partnerships. Um, you know, there's reasons to have your peers and to understand, okay, what's going on and I can get information faster and I can verify things because it's coming from trusted resources and sources. So that's why you need those, right? Um, or people you could do partnerships because you've got the same clientele the same network you're going after but you're not competing in terms of what your product or your service is so there's times for those and then you got to think about all right but if it's about the sale who's my ultimate customer who are they where are they 
where am I making the choices to do that? Like if I go back to Melissa, if I go back to my old life as an attorney, you know, I'd have lawyers who say to me, well, you know, Kelly, but I belong to all these legal organizations and I'm not getting any work. I'm like, well, are lawyers your clients or lawyers, are lawyers your referral base? And they're looking at me going, no. And I'm like, okay. So you belong to the legal organizations to get information there, to find out what's going on, to, to maybe create other opportunities for yourself. Who's your client? Now, where are they hanging out? I mean, last time I checked, a lot of people who need legal services are sitting around in bar associations, you know, waiting for a lawyer to trip over them yeah. and say, hey, can I help you, right? They're doing things in the community. They're, they're belonging to not-for-profit boards. They're, there's all sorts of things. So this is where I think you need to, and I'd say to your small business clients and your retail clients, it's, it's, it's okay, think about every activity you do every day that you're bumping into people, so to speak. That's part of your networking toolkit. And within that mix of things you're doing, what stuff do you need to refresh? What stuff do you need to kind of take pay a little more attention to? And where are some things that you were hoping you're going to get you clients that you're like, yeah, I'm looking at it for the wrong reason. I need to look elsewhere to think about what my, my ideal client, my ideal audience for my product or service is. And I need to pay attention where they're hanging out because if I want to get business and sales, that's where I need to be, not in this other place. That makes so much sense. I talk an awful lot about customer experience and the customer journey. This is part of it. This isn't a separate entity. It's like the light bulb moment. This is part and parcel of your sales, of your marketing, of your customer experience. It isn't something separate. And I think the quicker people realize that, I think the easier you almost feel with networking, the kind of the activity of networking, because it's an everyday experience everywhere with everything we do. It should be natural. Right, right. Because we're doing it already, right? You're talking to people, you're engaging with people. So let me give you some examples. And of course, I do have my tea. I just, I am a tea drinker. I do have tea. Um, This is not a prop. This is real. Uh, (laughs) Let's use some examples. Okay. So things you do every day. A friend of mine who's in wealth management, um, he goes to a personal trainer. His personal trainer said to him, what are you up to? It was a few years ago with business. And rather than, you know, that kind of flippant small talk, oh, you know, I'm just, you know, keeping busy. How are you? My friend actually said what he was trying to do. He said, you know what? This is where I'm at with my businesses. And this is what I'm looking to do right now. And he was very specific. And his personal trainer stopped and said, I may have another client who, who could help you. Oh. Right. Okay. So why don't we lean into those conversations? Like, you know, why do you assume that the, you know, the hairdresser, why do you assume that the personal trainer, like all the, everyone's got networks. Your yeah. network has networks. They have other clientele. Lean into and talk about those conversations. The other thing is thinking about with small business and, and retail owners and, and, you know, the people who are you're really servicing and, and how to help them is like, like you said, the customer journey, Okay. I was doing an event um, for SCORE, which here in the U.S. is part of the Small Business Administration, and it's an organization that helps business owners. And I was doing an event up in um, Stanford or Greenwich, Connecticut, and there was a guy who got up to ask a question. And so here, lesson number one, when you have a chance at some of these events, 
say who you are and what you do and be very clear about it. Hey, I'm Kelly Hoey. I'm the author of Build Your Dream Network. Um, I do a lot of work with X. Here's my question. Like framing it in that, you've now not only spoken your question to maybe the person you think is going to answer it, i.e. me, the speaker, or you've now networked with the entire room. So this guy got up to ask a question. He said, here's the business I'm in, um, looking to um, you know, get more customers and wanted your advice. I said to him, well, who's your customer? So we start to, and he was really good. You would have, you would have been like, yay. Like he was hyper specific. He Brilliant. Knew, he yes. knew exactly who his customer was. And he starts to describe her. And he starts talking and I didn't need to say anything else because a couple other members of the audience said, I know exactly where you can find her. And they all are at this not-for-profit that um, I'm involved in. And this is what our big fundraiser is. And you're in construction. We could really use you because it's an outdoor event and we, we create these you know, temporary structures uh, and they need to be assembled and taken down. And if you and your crew could actually volunteer your time, I'm gonna tell you with your hammer and nails and your drills, you're gonna be networking with every single person you ever want isn't that better networking for some guy who's in construction than you know telling me he has to go to i don't know put on a suit and go to a tea party like 100 percent. that's right, so, amazing and it's it's right. so powerful and i think that really sums up the power of if you're confident in yourself and you know what you're doing and you're selling and who your customer is it does all start to fall into place right and and here you can go and like show a shared interest you know, you're also showing what you can do. You're, you're getting to know them based on a specific project. You do not have to sit there and going, yeah, and I could get you a quote on your new house, right? Like awkward things like that. They're like, oh, wow, this guy's were like really great. He was so helpful. You know what? We're going to do that extension and I want to talk to him first. So like, think about what you're like, I'm sure this is what you do with all of you. Like, what's their journey? What are they reading? What, well, whatever. So Think about that in terms of what are the things they're likely to be involved in and then say to yourself, okay, if I'm going to be involved in the community between the choice of, you know, these two community organizations, chances are my ideal client base is at this one versus the other one. So that's why I'm going to devote my time and energy there because I can give back to my community and build the network I need for business at the same time. All about efficiencies. All about efficiency. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and that really works though for small business. It's the best way to do it. You also talk about, I suppose, proactive visibility. So sharing and shining a light on what you know. How how do you do that if you're a product maker or a retailer without, I suppose, saying, hey, look at me, I'm amazing. And maybe other people going, no, no, I'm not having any of that. You're too big for yourself. You know, it's it can be awkward. And I think we almost feel awkward. But I suppose if you don't do it, your message doesn't get out there. So what's the best way to be proactive and get your message out there? And I'm laughing because being Canadian uh, and I do a lot of work with Irish startups. I do a lot of work with New Zealand, you know, companies. Wow. We do we do get the tall poppy syndrome, right? <laughs> like, we, we, you know, as opposed to living here in the U.S. where, you know, everyone just beats their chest and says how <laughs> fabulous they are, right? So, um, so I am having a little bit of a, you know, colonial laugh on that one. Here's, you know, what I say is like, think about when you're sharing information, how you're doing it to be of service. So for example, if you were not sharing 
your wisdom, right? And the things that you think retailers could be, you know, doing or information that you think is vital that they have, you know, they're now going to have to fight, you know, sort of fight around to find it, or they're not going to know what's happening. Like you're being of service to somebody else. And so I think thinking about it that way to say, how is this information I'm sharing of service to other people? And keep that in mind and share that information. And being of service may be saying, um, I've just worked with a client on this particular problem and here's three things you need to take notice of. Or it might be forwarding information to someone to say, I know that you have really purchased this product in the past and love this. I'm concerned there's gonna be shortages at Christmas time. Do you want me to put some aside for you again this year? Now that might be very self-serving for yourself, but you're also thinking of service yeah. to that other person, right? You're putting their needs first and why can't we both win and benefit? So just think, how can I be of service to somebody else? It's a lovely way to put it and it does, it makes you feel a bit better. And it takes away, I think, that thought that so many people have. I'm being pushy. It's a sales pitch. I'm being far too pushy here. Oh, they don't need to hear from me. But actually, if you are serving them, if you are gifting that to your customer, as you say, it's win-win. And yeah, we all feel a lot better for it. Well, it's, I mean, I think that there's a difference between understanding your clients' needs and being personalized, customized, and direct in terms of targeting that particular person, right? or a, a community that you know needs a certain item or wants a certain thing. And you're like, I know they really need this. That's different than, you know, the spray and pray approach. Hey, we're, you know, you have a website, I can get you more SEO. And oh. someone like sprays like thousands of things. So I think that's the, the kind of the thinking, you know, not the generic, but to be able to say, you know what, here's things that I know, you know let's just, because of global, you know, supply chain right now, you know, and we've got holidays coming up, this may be where you want to be more proactive and maybe you want to be transparent and a little bit vulnerable in your being of service to be able to say, okay, we haven't even hit the end of October and we're already talking about the holiday season, yeah. but here's why. I know that you have kids this age and they're gonna be looking for these things let's start planning now, right? Or I know you always host a big meal and you like the Christmas crackers and all that kind of stuff. Guess what? Those come from, you know, overseas and I'm not sure about the supply. So let's do that. You know, let, let's make some strategic plans because I know it's always been part of, you know, your presentation table. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You really are thinking about them. And yeah, it's about your sales too, but you're thinking about that other person. I love that. And then, of course, the customer you, you do that for is the one that comes back because you genuinely care about them. So, yeah, it, it sits a lot better, I think, thinking of it that way of serving the customer. And as you say, you're networking because if you get a good customer that's really happy with that service, of course, they tell their friends. Of course, they then tell their family. And then it starts to repeat itself, which I think is so exciting. Yeah. But I have to ask, I suppose that's all the good stuff where have you seen and I'm sure you have or you've heard the stories where's it gone wrong what are the things we shouldn't be doing as kind of retailers as product makers when it comes to networking what are the don'ts you know what this might not be the answer you were thinking of but I'm thinking of a particular um 
I want to say a company, it was a, a cosmetic company, small company that I was advising. And here was a big don't. Um, they had sort of nine key employees. So, you know, smaller company. They had, when I went search their employees online, they had nine different descriptions of their company. They had inconsistent branding. Um, they had, I want to say, you know, sort of a haphazard and what they were, what they were missing was, you know, here they were concerned about marketing and sales into the US, and they were trying to do it with one person. I'm like, you're a small company. You have nine people who are part actively, even if they're not actively tweeting or posting on Instagram or whatever, you have nine people who can be like rowing this marketing boat over to the US. You need to leverage and take advantage of that. What ended up happening was, cause you know, again, your networks have networks. I like, keep, you know, kind of keep saying that. Um, what they ended up doing, it was so great, Melissa. It ended up being uh, a phenomenal brand and team building exercise together. Brilliant. Yeah. When everyone realized they were also part of it and they brought different ideas to the table, but you know, everything from their email signature lines and what visuals they would use. I mean, there was a huge piece of that where, you know, I'm thinking of some of your clients, they may be thinking, well, I'm a small business owner. It's just mm -hmm. me. Well, maybe you've got a part-time employee. Maybe you've got like, I think you need to sit, sit down to everybody and say, you're part of this. So here's, you know, places where I would really like you to hold yourself out proudly that you're part of what we're doing here. So if you've got social media, you know, like, you know, here's how I want you to talk about the company on your social profile, or here's where we're doing things that, you know, I would ask that you please share it with your network. Uh, so I think overlooking, I think the biggest mistake in, in terms of smaller companies, we overlook the networks and the value of, you know, the people who are surrounding us. Cause I don't, know, maybe it's from working in New York where, you know, like in, you know, back when I was in, in offices, I mean, the receptionists were working on screenplays and, you know, the secret night secretary was an actor and this, like everyone, <laughs> everyone had all these really weren't just the thing that's in front of them and you don't know who anyone knows. So when you're a smaller business, you know, leverage every tool and make sure that everyone knows they're more than just, you know, the 10 hours they may come in and clock yeah. every week. They're not just a number. And no, that's definitely not the answer I was expecting, but that's, it's really powerful. Internal customer service is just as needed as the external customer service. And I think as I've always said, happy staff, happy team equals happy customer. Because look, as you say, as consumers, we can see in to stores, we can see into businesses. If the people in there aren't kind of shouting about how great this service is, if they're all negative, if they're not happy in what they're doing because of the way you're treating them or with the way they're working, customers see it. So I, yeah, that's a really great insight. And I think that's something really simple and cost efficient that a lot of, a lot of companies can do. And I think it's definitely something we all forget. Well, and it was so funny, this cosmetic company, they, they said to me, you know, Kelly, we've spent all sorts of money on these away days and activities to build our team. 
this exercise in like aligning their social media brands between like profiles and the branding of all the employees and their email signature lines and coming up with that. She said it did more team building than any one of those away days. And I'm like, well, there we go. <laughs> you got your networking improved. You got your teamwork improved. You got your online brand improved. <laughs> Fantastic. I love that. It's win-win. So look, before we finish up, and my goodness, I could talk to you all day. What's coming up, I suppose, in the next while for you? What, what's next? Oh, well, working on another book, which oh, is, ooh, I know, which is all fun. Um, first book is coming up on you know, its fifth birthday. Who can wow. believe? I know. I know. And it's lovely that, you know, people like you were, you know, discovering the book in the last year or two and, and so enthusiastic about it, which, you know, it, not that I don't want to revise that book, but it's nice not to have to revise it heavily and all the rest of it or have a book that, you know, its content was irrelevant after, you know, uh, you know, a year of a pandemic or 18 months of a pandemic or whatever it may be. So um, that's that's that in, in some, I want to say some travel. Ooh, can you imagine that? Speaking in front of live audiences again. Wow. So I know novel, novel, strange thing. So, yeah. Oh, amazing. Oh, Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today on the Retail Tea Break. Some fascinating fascinating insights, some really good, simple takeaway points that I think so many retailers and makers will be able to go and implement immediately. And look, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to give it a plug because I love this book. Kelly Howey, Build Your Dream Network. We'll put all the details into the little subscript, the little box underneath this as well on YouTube, Spotify, everywhere you find a podcast. Because if you haven't read it, Go and get yourself a copy and then promise me you'll do what I did. Scribble all over it because you'll want to. You'll want to ring things and mark things and bend pages because it is brilliant. So before I let you go, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, please like, share and subscribe to the Retail Tea Break. Leave us a comment. I'd love to see what you think of the book if you've read it and what you thought of today's key points. And let us know if you implement any of them because I'd be delighted to hear and then share that with Kelly. But until next time, we will see you soon.